The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! You think he's gone? He's not gone! That's the whole point! He's never gone! Is this some radical new therapy? You see? Well, I must have not been paying attention When you were just talking to me I so don't want to be here. I just want to be in bed for the next three days. Aww. I don't even have the energy for the Papa Paz today. Uh, I'm, still, I'm still recovering from Friday. I really am. Yeah. I don't think most people understand. No idea what it takes to run an event like that. It takes a lot. My voice is totally gone. I can't hit one of these notes. Normally, I do pretty good, like in the middle. Yes, you do. I can't hit one of these notes. My voice <laughs> is so gone. It's not happening today. I can bop off for all of us. Yeah, please do. All right. You and Murphy. Bop, 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 bop. Yeah, all right. There you go. Or in my day, we'd do this. Yeah. Now they all just hold up their cell phones, little pansies. Yeah. The new generation. It's amazing how, how tough this generation thinks they have it. I know. If they grew up when I grew up in America. Yeah. When I was growing up, we had four channels on television, and you had to get up to change them. I know. And there was nothing that told you when you flipped on something, you had to wait to figure out what it was. Yep. There was no like thing at the bottom to tell yeah. you what show you were watching. No, I'm still not getting there. My voice just went, nope, not yep. doing it. Sorry. Aww. All right. I, I guess we should start the show, although I, I don't, although I don't know why. It must have been something. All right. Hi, how you guys doing? My name's Tom Duggan, I think, here at the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, top two guys, smoke shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. I want to talk a little bit about, uh, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a bash update. I know there's a lot of people sick of, sick of hearing about the bash. It's all Duggan's been talking about. But, you know, we, we, we did some amazing things in, in the room on Friday night. And when I say we, I really do mean we. Um, a lot of people coming over saying, Tom, thank you so much for what you do. And I'm like, listen, I, I, I feel guilty even accepting the thanks because I did literally most, mo- most of the work got done by other people. Um, like I'm the, I'm the one who sat in the office and like called people and tried to get donations for the scholarships. But like, if you looked at that room, it looked so great. And that was my bash committee. They were there for two days setting up, um, Brenda Rossi and, um, <clears throat> well, you can tell my voice is just totally shot. Can't you? Yeah. Uh, Brenda Rossi and, and, um, all right, let's do this again. Maria Fiato 
and Kevin Druin and Denise and Nancy Gorman and all the people on the bash committee that got together, Mr. Brenda, um, uh, they, they they filed in around 4 o'clock Thursday afternoon. They spent all night setting up. DJ Rick Belanti, who gave us our uh, DJ services for the night for free, as he does every year. Um, it was it was a really great night. And more importantly, it, 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 this event every year becomes like the standard. It becomes like the go-to. We had a couple of guys running for governor. Jeff Deal came. Um, running as a Republican for governor, anyway, Chris Doty, who's going to be here in two weeks, um, came didn't just come, but he came and he stayed. Like he was like one of the last people out of the room. That was pretty impressive. I mean, I'm friends with Jeff Dio, but I I I, I, I thought he was going to be there for a speech, and he had to kind of leave early for whatever reason. And so, if Jeff had been there, I would have spent most of my time with Jeff. But because he wasn't there, Chris Doty came over and we kind of hung out for a little while. What an amazing guy! Like, what really seriously? What a nice guy he is. And he got up and he spoke for a few minutes, Ooh. and he did what most. It's okay. He did what most politicians don't do. Um, and by the way, Jeff Deal did do this last time he was here. He got up at the microphone. He asked if he could say a few words, and I'm like, "Oh God, he's going to get up and he's going to he's going to ask for votes." Like this is not the crowd to be doing that. And he didn't. He got up and he thanked the people who were running the room. Um, he had a program with him, so he thanked the uh, the Bash Committee and talked about some of the scholarships, and then he sat down, and that was great uh, because my my audience ate that up. Had he got up and talked about like abortion or gas taxes or something, I think I think the audience probably would have turned on him and carried him out. We we we, we didn't have any problems. We had five security guys in the room because I'm a very I'm a very dislikable person, and there's a lot of people out there who don't like me, and there's a lot of people out there that would like to. Cause problems. So we had five guys in the room, thanks to Mike Thibodeau, who gave us a security d- detail for the night for free. And they also, by the way, had two guys back at the office, manning the office while we were at the bash, because everyone knows we're at the bash, right? Everybody from the Valley Patriot is at the bash. That means the office is like, you know, sitting duck. So uh, it was very nice of them to do that. <clears throat> All right, let's just get to some of this stuff. And then I'm going to talk about, um, what did I say I was going to talk about? Oh, the TMF Homeless Dinner. Yep. We'll talk about that. Yeah, and then just a recap and then, of the back. Yeah, and, and I also want to chat a little bit about the shooting in New York City tomorrow if I had, uh, yesterday if I have time. So we had, we gave out, uh, let's pull up the, mm-hmm. pull up the thing if you have it. There you go. There we are. This was the highest amount of money we have ever given out at a bash. Not only that, but if you look at the Dan Cody Memorial Scholarship, $7,390, almost $7,400. And that's the most we've ever given out to one particular student. Wow. Um, the Lawrence High Junior ROTC scholarship went to a young lady named Katerin Euclid. She came in with her ROTC group. We gave away the Hero Veteran Award to Jason Gilbert and Jeanette Mason. And then um, pulled Katerin Euclid out of line because she was holding, she was color guard. And we gave her her scholarship of four thousand three twenty five. Um, the um, guy who, the guy who was in the room that deserved the most thanks. If anybody was going to thank anybody, it should have been Al Valu. Or, or Al Valu. I Apparently, I've been saying it wrong for ten years. I've known the guy. Oh, Al no. Valu. It's a very French name, and I'm not a real big fan of the French to begin with. So that's why I'm not really good at the French names. But Al gave. $3,500 to these scholarships and, and, and parsed it out, like some to one scholarship, some to another. And then I pulled the 50-50 ticket 
and he won the 50-50. And I made this big speech before the 50-50, we were selling 50-50 tickets, that a lot of times people feel obligated to donate it back if they're at a charity event. And I said, I'm not, we're not expecting anybody to give the money back. If you win the 50-50, we're perfectly okay with you keeping it because everybody in this room contributed something to our night and contributed something to the kids. Well, lo and behold, Al Villu, who gave us $3,500 for these scholarships, started the Dan Cody Scholarship, started the Whittier Scholarship, won the 50-50. It was like $740. <laughs> And so I felt really good because I'm like, you know what? The guy gave a lot. He got, ha- he got a little bit of his money back and, and, and it all works out. Everybody's happy. Well, I got an email the next day from the superintendent of the Whittier uh, Tech School who wanted to let me know that after Al won, he walked over to Grace Parsons who won our Whittier Tech Scholarship and said, here, put this towards your scholarship tuition oh. or your books or whatever it is that you need. So he actually ended up giving $4,100 to this bash, one guy. Now, let me tell you something about Al Villu. He's not a rich guy. He doesn't own a bunch of property. He owns, a, he, does have, he owns a small little heating business that he does like part-time sometimes. Right now, I know he's got a full-time job. I think he's working for um, uh, the community, Greater Lawrence Community Action Council, I think. Or the health center. I know he's working for somebody doing like their heating and stuff. Hmm. Um, so he's not a rich guy. This is not a guy that's got a lot of money. On the other hand, I know people who are in that room that make 10 or 20 times what he made that didn't give what he gave. That's not to denigrate them. That's to congratulate him. I, I've, I say this every time we have a bash, and it's been a while. It's been three years since we've done this. This was definitely our most successful, but I say this all the time. It always amazes me, especially when I'm at TMF, uh, when we're doing the homeless stuff. It always amazes me how the people who have so little give so much, and the people who have so much give so little. And that's not always the case. There's an exception to every rule. We had our friend Ron Marsan, who's probably got more money than God, gives $1,000 for our scholarship, came in, bought his tickets, spent money on the 50-50, spent money on the raffles. We totally appreciate that. Um, but, but there's an awful lot of people that I called while trying to get money for these scholarships for kids, people that I know have money, people that I know did not struggle through COVID. And I got, yeah, I'll send you 10 bucks. I'll send you 20 bucks. One guy, Hey, I'll, you know, I'll send you, I'll send you 25, it's 25, 25 is okay. Right. And I'm like, listen, whatever you want to give, I'm not going to shame you. Whatever you want to give, give. But I kind of expected a little bit more from some of the people that made a little bit more and did a little bit better during COVID than the rest of us. However, we still, we still raised $33,495 for kids to pay. And here's the other thing is, with the exception of the Lawrence High kid, we wrote the checkout to each individual kid so that it's, so they can use it for books and fees. Because a lot of times kids will get, and I remember I got, a, um, I got a grant from the 100 Club when I was going to uh, college, and they paid for my tuition. And I thought, great, my college is paid for. But then you get to college, they go, oh, no, no, tuition's only like two-thirds of your bill here at this college. You still got to pay fees and student fees and um, recreation fees and health fees. And then you got to buy your books. Those books are $300 each. So, like, I remember when I had to go to college and I thought my college was all set. And then suddenly I was in debt and I, didn't, I wasn't all set. And so we spent a couple of years where we wrote this, the checks directly to the schools and then one year a kid came to us, actually the parent came to us and said, um, listen, um, is there any way you can just write the check to, to him, to us? 
And you know, I'm always leery of doing that because, like, then how do you know it's actually going to go? Well, what if the kid decides not to go to school and takes my money and goes to Aruba, <laughs> right? And, and I thought about it and I thought about it. And then when I asked, when I asked him why, I didn't want to ask him, but when I asked him why, he said, well, listen, we just, we're having such a financially, financial hard time. And we're starting to get all these bills from the college for, you know, his meals because he was going to stay there. He was going to dorm there. So we have a dorm fee and a, and a meal fee and a health fee if he has to see the nurse. And it's adding up and we just don't have the money. And even though his tuition's paid, I don't know if he's going to be able to make like the other payments. And I was like, you know what? Fine. So I wrote them the check. Uh, by the way, that guy gave us $100 this year for our scholarships. That was like five years ago. Um, so that's why we do it that way now. We've, we've toyed with doing it each way, and I kind of think this is the way to go. Although if someone's got a better way. The only reason it's different for the junior high ROTC scholarship is because we've partnered with Lawrence High Alumni Association. And so we write them the check, and then they pay the college. But we have had kids come to us afterwards and say, hey, was there any kind of like leftover money? Because sometimes people make a donation after the bash is over. They mail it before the bash. We get it after the bash. And he was like, would you have any money left over? I said, yeah, we got about maybe four or 500 left over. We were trying to figure out like who to give it to. And he was like, yeah, I could really use it for books. Like I really could use it for books. So we called the school and we gave him a $500 account at the bookstore that way we know it went to books, right? It wasn't going to beer money or anything else. So we called the school. We give, opened him an account. But that kid comes every year now. He's graduated college. He's working in the engineering field, and he comes every year. Nicest kid in the world, like literally the nicest kid in the world. So um, I could go through everything and everything that we did for the night and all the people that got some very deserving scholarships, some very deserving awards, Carrie Wyland at House of Mercy and Isaiah 58, right here in Salem, New Hampshire, got our Scott Clegg Goodwill Ambassador Award as well as Linda Susie and Methuen for all those Methuen people that were spurning me, DJ Beauregard who didn't show up. Um, you missed a good opportunity to get into a good photo op with Linda Susie when she got her Goodwill Ambassador Award. Dang it. And by the way, anybody who was in the room, this was a night of amnesty. I say that at the microphone every year and I say it on this show. Anybody who was in the room, if you're an elected official, even if you're not, if you're my political enemy, so to speak, um, I will call you up when it's time to do um, an award or a scholarship that has to do with, like, your town. You know, if, like, if you're a north end of a selectman and you don't like me, but you're in the room and I recognize and I see that you're there, when we do the Dan Cody scholarship for north end of a high school, we will call you up and we will let you do the presentation because you're in the room. And if you're in the room, that means you care more about putting your ego aside and helping kids than you care about your ego. But then there were people who were not at the bash because their ego would let them. And I'm not going to shame them or call them out. I already called out one, but I'm not going to shame them or call them out um, because it is a night of amnesty. We don't want to be negative. But I, I, I just think that there's, there's some people who should have been in the room. One was a candidate for state rep that should have been in the room. And um, there were a lot of Methuen voters in that room. And by the way, uh, Lawrence Cable Access was there. They taped the whole night. That's going to start showing next week on Lawrence Cable Access. So if you're a Lawrence elected official, you did yourself well by being in that room. We're also going to take the tape and we're going to bicycle it to Methuen. And Methuen Cable Access is going to run that show. And the Methuen officials that were in the, in the room are going to get the political benefit of being in the room because they're going to be on TV. It's going to be Jana Di Natale, Jana Zani Pesci, Eunice Ziegler, 
uh, Jessica Finicaro, who, by the way, thank you so much, Jessica. We didn't speak for two, two years before the bash. Hmm. For the last two years, we haven't spoken. I call her. She doesn't answer my messages. And when I called her about the bash about a month ago, she answered right away and said, I know why you're calling and I'm in. Didn't even have to ask. Awesome. She came. She stayed the whole night. Even though, again, I'm going to say, I can't stress this enough. We didn't speak for two years. And she was still in the room. She still got up and did her presentation for the two kids from the vocational school. And she stayed the night. At the end of the night, whenever, when people were like, you know, getting their coat and getting ready to leave, Jessica was still there as a commitment to the kids. And so people can say what they want about Jessica being too tough and Jessica never, uh, you know, never forgetting a slight or Jessica being vindictive. Or, 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 and th- 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 there might be some truth to that at some level for all of us. But I'll tell you what, she's no Neil Perry. She kept her word. She was in the room. She gave out a scholarship. She got her picture in the paper. She got her picture on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. And all of the Methuen officials that were there had the same thing. And I know Ryan DeZaglio was the one guy in Methuen who called me afterwards and said, I'm sorry I missed the bash. I had a health issue. I would have been there. And I believe him because his brother Nick did not call and say, I'm sorry I didn't make it. Something came up. Right, so the ones that didn't call me and say something came up, we know they were just blowing us off because of their ego. They were blowing us off because they didn't want to be seen in the room with that Duggan guy because he's too controversial in Methuen. You know, it's funny. Methuen is such a different animal than any other community. In Methuen, if you're not in with like the inside clique, the people in the inside clique really have deluded themselves into thinking that that's how everyone else feels, and they don't realize. Like, for example, like I'm related to the Bananos. There are 3,700 Bananos in Methuen, right? There's even like, you know, my friend Jay Bonanno lives on Bonanno Court, mm. right? Because the Bonanos constructed half of East Methuen, right? So it's like, you, you think that like because Jim McCarty doesn't like Tom Duggan that like most people in politics don't like him and that having him around is a political liability. Well, it wasn't a political liability for Mike Samad when I campaigned for him. And I wasn't a liability for Neil Perry when I campaigned for him. And I wasn't a liability for Jessica Finicaro the three times I campaigned for her. But then they get in and they somehow think that like they're better than certain other people. And they're like, we don't want you in with our clique because that gives you credibility. No, no, not really. Because if you looked around the room the night of that bash, there were politicians in the room. There was, a f- there was quite a few of them. But 90% of that room were real people. And those are the people who read the Valley Patriot, follow me on Facebook, watch this show, but more importantly, listen to this show. Because 90% of the consumers of this show are doing it on audio, not video. So if you go online and you see 500 people watch the Facebook video of this show, you know for sure 2,000 people downloaded it. Because we have way more people downloading the audio, listening in their car, listening on when they're going for their run, listening at the gym, or whatever it is that they're doing, listening when they're cleaning the house. So anyways. Um, I think we went through all of this, didn't we? Special needs scholarship went to um, Cassie Bonanno, and that was really, really... um, uh, There were a couple of times during the night where everybody cried, and that was one of them when we gave Cassie Bonanno, who's a special needs girl who never thought, and whose family never thought, that she'd be able to get through high school, like a regular high school. She goes to the Vogue, and she made it through high school, and she actually got accepted at First Institute in Florida, and she's actually going to college. Now, I couldn't afford to go to college. I waited 11 years. And one of, the, one of the things that I really love about doing this scholarship thing every year is I, I couldn't afford to go to college for 11 years after I graduated high school. 
I, it took me 11 years to put enough money aside and figure out how to do all the paperwork and the grants and the loans and everything to actually go back. And then it took me six years to finish, right? And, the, and here's a special needs kid who gets accepted right out of the gate, and she's got money for college. And that gives me a thrill because I remember I couldn't afford it, and there was no Tom Duggan back then to say, here, here's a scholarship we'd like to help. It, it, it was just kind of the way that it was. Um, people also were very teary-eyed during the Dan Cody scholarship. Because every year we give this scholarship out in the name of Dan Cody, who was a tow truck driver for Cody's Towing, who was killed by a drunk driver on Route 495 four years ago. And he died like a week before the bash. And our friend Al Valu came to my office and said, you know, I, I did. And by the way, when I told this story, I told it all wrong the first time. Because I thought Al Valu was, was a friend of Dan Cody. And he wasn't. And so when I gave him the microphone. He told a story. And they're like, wait a minute, I was there, and that's the first time I'm hearing this. He said, I didn't know Dan. He said, I didn't know Dan Cody at all. But I saw in the newspaper that they were hurting, and I saw the video of the funeral and that procession that was like three miles long. He said, and I just felt like somebody needed to do something for this family. These poor kids now have lost a dad. Let's do something. Let's start a scholarship for his kid. And maybe, when he came to my office, he said, you know, maybe this will still be going in four or five years when his oldest son graduates from high school. And the thought in the back of my head, I didn't want to say it out loud because I didn't want to, you know, rain on his parade. But we've done this before. We've had scholarships named after somebody. And then after a couple of years, nobody contributes to it and it kind of falls by the wayside. And I kind of thought that was going to happen with this. No, no, no. No, no, no. went to Dan Cody's son, Patrick. And he's got another son who's in the eighth grade. I think his name is Andrew, but don't hold me to that because I suck at names. Um, You would think being in this business, I'd be much better at that, but I'm not. Um, I think his name is Andrew. He's going to be graduating in four years. So if if this scholarship is still going four years from now, next year we'll give it a couple of kids. The year after that, the year after that, we're going to give it to a couple of kids that went to Thompson Grammar School middle school, and then when Dan's other son graduates, I'm hoping we can get him a lot more than 7390 Hopefully, we'll, we'll have built ourselves up a little bit bigger by then. Um, overall, it was a great night. Um, I, want, I mean, I just I can't thank people enough for what they did. There are a lot of people in that room. There are a lot of people in that room who don't like me. Debo Brown, who has gone on and savaged me on Facebook every chance he's gotten for the last five years. And I mean, like, I can't, I, I can't, like, if I spell the, T-E-H, by accident in a post, he's screen capturing it and he's, he's bashing me on, on, on Facebook. He not only came, he stayed the night, and he got up and he did, like, a little mini roast. It wasn't that, I got to be honest with you, Debo, I appreciate what you did. It wasn't that funny. I was expecting him to be a lot more vicious with me. But I think he got nervous. I think he got up and he, and he, he was, re- I think he read the room. And he saw the crowd, and this was a total Tom Duggan crowd with the exception of about maybe, maybe about a third of the room. And I, I think he just got cold feet. I would have loved to have had him get up there and tell, like, really savage jokes about me and women or something, like something really bad, you know, something that would be really fun. Even Eric Spagnoli, who told, I think, the funniest joke during our comedy night that nobody contributed to, said something like, um, first time I – Tom was a judge at, at the um, comedy – uh, competition at Salvatore's, and uh, when he was judging me, he, he said, you know, I almost disqualified you right out of the gate because you were wearing a suit. And comedians need to be like, less stuffy. You know, you need to be like a little bit more, less, a little less formal. And he said, um, kind of ironic coming from a guy who dresses like a lesbian at Home Depot. It was, that was a funny joke. So I was expecting that level of joke 
out of Eric. Um, Eric announced at the bash that that is going to be his last performance. <laughs> he says he's not doing it anymore, and I hope it wasn't because of, of the, uh, the bash, because we loved him. I just wanted more jokes about me, because I, I'm a self-deprecating guy, and I'm, I have no ego whatsoever. I literally have no ego. If someone wants to get up there and they want to trash me for 20 minutes, I'm okay with it. I actually kind of think it's funny, especially when I look around the room and see who's laughing at those jokes. So, okay, oh, I thought that guy was my friend. I guess not. Um, last night, let's transition a little bit because I am very tired and my brain is very scattered. I am, I'm, Chrissy, I am so hungover. It is unbelievable. And I, From I, be, Friday? Be, be, yeah, before we even get to From TMF, I got to tell you. Almost a week I have ago. this thing. My father was killed on March 16th. Mm-hmm. And so every year, normal years, right? Mm-hmm. Every year on March 16th, I go off the wagon. I don't drink. I'm not an alcoholic, but I just don't drink. I don't like mm-hmm. to drink. I don't like feeling hungover. I'm more of a smoking guy. Yeah. But every year in, in honor of my dad who did drink, I go off the wagon on the 16th and I have a couple of drinks for my dad until the bash, which is usually around the 24th. So I've usually got like eight days where I go off the wagon and I, I drink and, okay. and I have an excessive personality, so I drink maybe a little bit too much. Well, I went on the wagon and I went off the wagon March 16th to 2020. And then what happened on March 23rd? We closed down the country. No bash. And then, and then 2021, no bash. Oh. So I've been off the wagon for two and a half years. Oh, no. So someone came over to me at Salvatore's last night and said, hey, I want to buy you a drink. I saw you were really drinking hard at the bash. And I was just like, please take it away. I can't even smell it. I can't even like, please. I know it's been three or four days since then, but I just, I can't. I was on so many pharmaceuticals that night. I was walking without my cane. I was jumping up and down off the stage. I was going around giving people their awards and going back up on stage to announce something else. I was in zero pain. I was in zero pain. One Percocet, two gummies, um, a couple of um, things to smoke, and some um, ibuprofen. Um, man, my brain's just gone. Some uh, um, prescription strength ibuprofen. Wow. And I was walking around like a normal person for about five hours. Unfortunately, then the next day came, and I felt like the Tin Man on The Wizard of Oz. I couldn't oh. move. I was like, oh, my God, what did I do to my body? But I did it for you guys. I did it because I care. And um, I did it because really just to have a good time. I mean, we, we needed – this was what we called the official kickoff of the return to normal. And if you could have seen that room, you would have agreed with me. And I, the one thing I can't do is give you a number as to how many people were there because there's a fire code. And I'm not getting the venue in trouble. And I'm not getting me in trouble with the venue. Mm-hmm. But suffice it to say, this was by far our largest attendance of any bash. Awesome. And I can tell you in previous bashes, we've gone well over 550. So I'm just going to leave it right there. Um, what else do we have here? All right. So last night was the first night that TMF, the Movement Family, group of little volunteers, mm-hmm. go out and feed the homeless every Wednesday night. They originally were doing it at the Buckley Garage because there's a big overhang and there's some walls and protect you a little bit from the elements when the when the homeless come in to eat they're not their paper plates aren't getting snowed on and rained right and the food's not getting rained on and snowed on blown away by the wind and for two years after uh, the previous mayor threw us out of the garage uh, we've been doing it at a open lot at the south end of the falls bridge in lawrence which is very windy because you're right at the falls Mm -hmm. And it snowed on the food, and it rained on the food, and it rained on us, and it rained on the clothes that we were giving out, which made it very difficult to give out clothes. 
We had to find a way to like put clothes in baggies, but baggies that you could see through so people knew what it was that they were getting. And it, was, it, it made it a lot tougher. And not only did it make it a lot tougher, we noticed going there, we, were, we had fewer people showing up to eat when the weather was bad. Right. So on a normal night at the bus station, if the weather was bad, they would come to get out of the elements, be under the overhang of the garage, eat in, you know, not, not I wouldn't say comfort because it's still cold out like during the, during the um, winter months, but at least like to be able to get out from the wind, the cold, the rain, the snow, whatever else, sleet, it's going on outside. Last night was our first night back at the bus stop. And I want to thank Lawrence Mayor, Brian DePina, and Jackie Marmo in the mayor's office and Octavian Spanner in the mayor's office, as well as the city council, but specifically on the city council, and this is not to slight anyone else, but Estella Reyes did a lot of work, Lawrence City Council and candidate for state rep Estella Reyes did a lot of work behind the scenes helping us get the votes to take it out of order at the council meeting, to declare an emergency at the council meeting, and then it looked like it wasn't going to pass at one point, so she asked for an emergency measure to give us a 90-day permit while we work out the details for the permanent permit. Hmm. And she did all that. I didn't do that. She did all that. So um, I want to thank all of them. Last night, we didn't have a lot of homeless show up because it was our first night at the bus station. And I understand that a lot of people went to the old lot. We had people at the old lot telling them to go to the bus station if they showed up. But they've already walked two miles to the old lot. By that point, they don't really want to walk another mile and a half to go over to the bus stop. So a lot of them didn't come. Next week, we will have a bigger one. However, a lot of people did come. And one of the groups that came was the Austin Prep field hockey team, the field hockey girls at Austin Prep. And I'm going to say this is probably the freshman team because they looked awfully young. They looked like they were five. I felt It made me feel so old. I kept looking at these girls going, there's there's no way these girls are in high school. They look like they're like 12. What is this? But at one point during the night, just to show all of you who have never been there and never seen this um, family dinner for the homeless, it's a family atmosphere. It's a fun, light, jovial atmosphere. Nobody's fighting. Nobody's angry. Nobody's jealous about someone else getting something they didn't get. And at one point, I went back to my car to have a cigarette, and a concert broke out. So I got out of my car and I walked over and uh, you want to play that just like for a couple seconds? This is what was going on at the bus stop at TMF last night. So Mike Gorman had a, a guy show up with a karaoke machine. He had somebody. He had a guy show up with a guitar to sing songs. The Austin Prep um, field hockey team came and served the homeless. Wow. And more importantly, anybody that, anybody that's interested in doing this, here's my advice for what it's worth. If you're a coach at one of the schools and you think this might be something good for your kids to experience, I agree with that. I think it would be a good thing. And it's very safe. The police were there to, to provide security last night, uh, thanks to the mayor. Um, but my my advice is, 
bring bring your kids because it is uh, it is it's going to be eye opening for them. But the homeless get something out of it too. They get to talk to people they normally don't talk to, right? And the most important part of the night is, and the kids just do this instinctively. Grown ups don't do this, but kids do this instinctively. They serve the homeless, they serve the food, and then afterwards everybody kind of hangs around and sings and and kind of just wait, you know, kind of fill some time a little bit before they leave the bus station or the lot when we were at the lot. And the kids will go over and sit down and have a meal with the homeless and talk to them and ask them, like, their their circumstance, like, why are you on the street? What happened to you? And they learn. And, and, and almost every time a group of kids comes, one of the adults, whether it's the parents or a coach, will come over to me and say, this was the best educational thing this, these kids could get because what they're starting to learn by talking to the homeless when they come here is that almost every one of them has an addiction problem. And then if you have an addiction problem, if you start down the road to an addiction problem, you could end up here. Very easily, you could end up here. Mm-hmm. And so it's very, it's, I think it's very eye-opening for the kids. I think it's very eye-opening maybe even for some of the parents who live in Lily White uh, communities like maybe you know, Acton or Andover or maybe even Drake it to come see what it's like. And not only that, but you know, whatever town you're from, if you're coming to the TMF dinner, whatever town you're from, guaranteed there's some homeless people from your town in Lawrence. Because Andover does shit for their homeless. If you live in, if you live in Andover and you become homeless, they don't do anything for you. You gotta go to Lawrence to get help. Hmm. If you live in Drakeit, if you live in North Andover, if you live in Methuen, they don't do shit for the homeless in any of those communities. So if you, be, if you live in those communities and you become homeless for whatever reason, You've got to go to Lawrence. So it's nice that people from outside of Lawrence, I know this is this bunker mentality of people who live in Lawrence. They don't like it when people come in from the outside. I even heard the police chief say one day, you know, it would be nice if people did a little bit more than get in their car from another community, come in and bring sandwiches and then screw and leave the city. And I understand that resentment. However, who else is going to do it? Hmm. Where are the Lawrence people coming out of their homes and going over to the homeless guy and giving the guy a sandwich? Or giving the guy a blanket. Not many. Some do. But I think we should be grateful that people come from outside of Lawrence to come in and provide food or provide blankets or provide clothing for the homeless. And we got some good news last night, Chrissy. Three of the three of the addicts that were on the lot last night, I can't say on the lot anymore, at the bus station last night, three of the people that were there um, went over to Tuxbury Detox and said, we're ready to go. Oh, wow. We're ready to get off the street right now. We're, we're done. We're, we're, I've had enough of this. And all three of them said, we're going. And as of this morning, they did, in t- they did intakes and they were off the streets. That's so I get, I get the Dan Rivera, Mark LaPlante position because that's where I was in my head 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Screw them. Screw the homeless. Tell them to get a job. Tell them to stop leeching off everybody. Tell them to stop taking drugs. And that's where I was in my head. And I get it. Their, their, their idea is if you do these homeless dinners, you're going to attract more homeless people from other communities. And that would... That would, that would suffice as a, as a reason to be against this, except they're actually getting people off the streets. So if we attracted three new people last night into Lawrence because of the homeless dinner, which I doubt we did, but if we did, we offset it by getting five, three people off the streets and into detox. Yep. When they're done to detox, they'll go into transitional housing. When they're done with transitional housing, hopefully they'll be sustainable enough to go in to a real apartment with a real job like Louis Rosalie did. Mm. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you how good that guy's doing. He's doing better than I am. It's ridiculous. 
Drove mine in a brand new 2022 pickup truck, Taurus pickup truck the other day. Mr. Dugan, Mr. Dugan. He's waving at me. And I went, son of a bitch, that's Louis Rosalie. He was sleeping on the streets four years ago. (laughs) He literally had nothing. Now he's doing better than me. I'm doing it wrong. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. All right. So I I think that's it. Um, Just wanted to wrap up a little bit on the bash. I probably should have just taken today off. But um, I had a bunch of people asking, you know, are you going to do the show? Are you going to do the show? And I know some people actually do like it. I don't know why because I just sit here and chat for about half an hour. But um, do want to remind you that on the 28th, Chris Doty, Republican candidate for governor, is going to be here. And we're going to test him. I mean, I'm a conservative right-wing guy, so we share a lot of the same views. But I'm still going to test him on a lot of this political, politically correct bullshit because Charlie Baker was a Republican conservative, too. And as much as I love Charlie and I like a lot of what he did, uh, he gave in to the anti-Trump mob. He gave in to the Black Lives Matter mob. He gave in to the left-wing mobs that demanded he do certain things. And that was catastrophic for, for the state of Massachusetts. It was absolutely catastrophic. So we will have him here. We're going to ask him the tough questions. And I've got to call into Jeff Deal's people. Hopefully, he'll be coming on soon. In fact, you know what I'd really like? I'd love to get like a debate going between the two of them. And I know I can't go to my sponsors for a debate for like the next at least 30 days after sucking $33,000 out of them for scholarships. But I think maybe midsummer we might be able to get a debate going because I know yeah. Chris is, likes the idea and I'm pretty sure Jeff Deal would like the idea. They both, they both seem like very good guys. Love to have them on the show. Uh, didn't thank our sponsors. I guess you could roll up Mel. We'll finish yeah. a little early today. Yeah. Okay. Seriously, I shouldn't even be here, quite frankly. I am still hungover, and it's <laughs> Thursday. It's six days later, and I still, I'm feeling it. I'm just, I'm feeling it. All right, let me find my sponsors if I can. You know what? I had a bunch of stuff to do after this. I'm just going home. I'm going to bed. Yeah. <laughs> I've had enough. All right, what where about, are we? What about going to Borelli's? Yeah, I do have to stop at Borelli's. Yeah, you know you got it. I haven't had my hot sausages in a couple of weeks. All right, let's take McQuinnon Real Estate Century 21. By the way, thanks for hanging out for the non-show show today. McQuinnon Century 21, Century uh, McQuinnon Real Estate, AFC Urgent Care. Uh, it, they, were in the, they were in the room the night of the bash. It was great to see Lisa and Zaka. They gave us $1,000 for a scholarship. Marseille and Sun Construction, another $1,000 for a scholarship. Thank you guys for that. EIS Investigation and Gun Training. $1,500 for the bash. 1000 is a sponsor. 500 for other stuff, for the raffles and stuff. Uh, Borelli's Deli, best best uh, sausages anywhere. Tomo and Shaken Seafood. And Lazy River Products and Drake. We're going to be going there to do a tour next week. Melvin Taylor says you got to go home, so please go home already so I can get the some sleep. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.